Welcome to Radiant Church Podcast. We want Jesus to be the message in everything we do. We are those who look to him. Now, here's David Perkins. Good morning, Radiant family. You feeling good? All right. Good to see you. Thanks for being here this morning. Thanks for saying hi to each other. If you love Jesus, say, I do. It's so great to see uh, just what God is doing and what Nathan said is so true. God's doing great things and uh, thank you to those of you that are coming out and praying with us on Wednesday nights. That's so much fun and I love the way that, uh, anyway, it's such a big team move here um, and, and, and start to fulfill roles. But one of the fun things is to see so many of you jumping in to lead small groups and help make disciples and uh, people jumping in to serve and, and uh, make things happen. And so that's really, really fun. Uh, really excited to see what God has uh, in the future. We are starting a new series next week called Be Radiant. And so really, the big idea there is we want to talk about uh, being the light of the world. And so Jesus is the light, and then obviously we shine the light of Jesus to the world. And our dream is that each one of us would go and be a light into the area that God's called us to influence. And then we hope that here on Sunday mornings, this is a spot where uh, the, the presence of God is so strong and people are transformed and where it's a place where you want to invite people that you know that are far from God to come and, and encounter the Lord here. And so we're going to talk a little bit about that idea talk out of Matthew 5 about Jesus telling us to go light up the world. And so I'm really, really excited about that. Uh, But today we're going to finish up this Worthy series. And I really wanted to end it on something kind of uplifting. Uh, You know, last week was kind of heavy because we talked about obedience. And so I wanted something kind of light, popcorn, peanuts, you know, easy circus feel. So we're going to talk about suffering today. And... um, and so uh, that's, that's the message today. And so uh, thank you for being here. Uh, I promise it'll be okay. Don't be scared. Um, but we're going to dive into the word of God. Let's pray. Father, we love you. And Lord Jesus, we, we, we're not here to play games. We, we're not here to put on a show. We're not here to just hang out. Lord, we really believe that Jesus is who he said he is. And we believe that when we pray, we really are talking to the God of the universe. And when we talk about being saved and giving our lives to you, that we really are entering into a covenant relationship with you that lasts for eternity. And we really do believe that eternity is real. And we really do believe that, that you are returning for a people that are set apart. And we ask, Lord Jesus, that you would help us because, God, we're so tempted to live for ourselves. And we ask that you would give us divine God help in the midst of this journey called following you. I thank you for what you're going to do. We love you. And all of Radiant said amen. Amen. About five years ago, uh, when my son Dawson was seven, now he's 12, but we were uh, just having a normal week, and and Dawson wanted to earn some extra money, and and so he he, he, uh, asked if he could could work a little bit around the house, and so he did some extra jobs, and and Dawson had saved up $20, and he had a $20 bill in his pocket, and we went to church together, and we're sitting at our church in Colorado, and we're right there in the row, and the offering plate comes by, and my son that's seven years old puts the $20 bill in the offering plate, and as we're in the car leaving church, he looks to me with joy and says, Dad, I put in the whole $20, and the Christian Godward father side of me got excited, and then this other side of me was like, wow, like you're putting in all, like you put in everything, like I know, I know what a big deal that was, and I know how much it, it costs for you to work hard to get that, and you, that was a big effort, and we had talked a lot about that $20, and we went to lunch, and after lunch, we decided to stop by Walmart before we went home, and while we're at Walmart, we were in the toy aisle, of course, that's what everybody does when you have seven-year-olds, and you go to Walmart and hang out in the toy aisle, and Dawson looks at this toy, and he says, Dad, I want this toy, 
I said, well, Dawson, do you have any money? He says, dad, I put it all in the offering. And, and I looked at him and, and I said, well, Dawson, if you put all of it in the offering, then, then you don't have the $20. And I'll never forget the moment because he looked at me and in sadness, he said, dad, I, I wish I never put the $20 in the offering. And I remember that moment because I think for you and for me, sometimes we've all had moments like that. Moments where, hey, man, when you were 14, you said, I'll give everything to God. Or when you were 25 and you were in this place of brokenness and you said, Jesus, I'll give you everything and I'll lay down my life. And then maybe a decade later, 15 years later, you face the pain or the difficulty of actually having less because of this commitment to follow Jesus. And I know it'd be great to say, hey, and then let me tell you how the story ended because then this clerk walked up and she said, hey, I have $20 that I'd love to give to you. And we get the toy and I give you a message about, hey, and then God does a miracle and nobody suffers and it's awesome and back to popcorn and penis and praise God, right? But that didn't happen. We didn't get an Amazon gift card. We didn't get a $20. We didn't get, I mean, it just, I just looked at my boy and I just looked at him and just said, listen, I know you gave $20 in the offering and I know that it's costing you something right now and I know that it's a little bit difficult, but the reality is is that you giving that $20 to God is worth it. Like realistically, what you gave to, I know it seems like it's seven that this toy is everything, but actually, actually that $20 bill, that's actually far better for it to go towards the kingdom, but in the seven-year-old brain, it's kind of hard to fathom that. You and I, we've got this journey where we said yes to follow Jesus, and I think sometimes when we live in a culture that always wants comfort, where comfort is really the idol of our age, there's always a temptation for us to take the Christian message and kind of try to put a spin on it, like Jesus' highest desire for you is for you to be comfortable. And yet in reality, when we read the narratives in the scripture about following Jesus and when we read Paul and when we, when we look at what it means to follow God, I think that a part of this process of following Jesus is not that we would all end up in great comfort, but that we would end up loyal to a person that we love. And my dream is that as we kind of put the root system down at Radiant Church and start to talk about some of our core convictions and who we are, you know, right in the middle, right at the beginning that we would lock in with this idea that, that we're committed and we're all in and we're following this person, Jesus, not necessarily to get the good life, but because he is worth following whether we end up with the good life or we end up with challenges. I was on an airplane and uh, a number of years ago and probably like five, six years ago and we were about to take off and the flight attendant looks at me and I'm sitting in the exit row and he says, excuse me, sir, you must be at least 15 years of age to sit in the exit row. Are you at least 15 years of age? I looked at him and go, bro, come on, are you kidding me? I'm, I'm in my 30s, man. I got like four kids. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm at least 15 years of age. And we get up in the air and I've never had someone do this before, but after he, uh, he comes and he sits down next to me and we begin to have a conversation and, and he says, I begin to ask him about his life and, and then I start to tell him about mine and tell him that I'm a pastor at a church and he says, oh, and he says, the, the, the Jesus thing. I said, yeah, the Jesus thing. He goes, I tried that. He goes, it didn't work. <laughs> I said, it didn't work? What does that mean? 
And he goes, oh, I, I tried it. I'm not, I'm not doing that anymore. It didn't work. I said, tell me what you mean it didn't work. Like, help me understand. And he said, he said, man, he goes, I heard the, the preacher on TV. He said that if I would pray this prayer, my life would get better. My life didn't get better. And so I punted on the whole thing. I'm out. It didn't work. I said, talk to me clearly. What didn't work? And he said, man, he goes, I'm single. I want a girlfriend. So I have a girlfriend. I said, okay. He said, I, I, realistically, man, I, I, I want a big house. I still live in the same apartment. He goes, I want to have a nice car. I still drive the same motorcycle. He said, I, I gave it a try. It doesn't work. And I said, so let me see if I can get this straight. Your motive in terms of coming to Jesus was, I choose to follow Jesus as a means to get the American dream. That you would get the house, the car, and the girl. And he goes, isn't that why we all want religion? And I said, okay, the very core, the why, the motive in terms of following Jesus, you and I have very different ideas. I said, because my motive in following Jesus is not to get the good life. It's because Jesus is worth following. It's because of who he is. And in this worthy series, my dream is that at the core of our foundation as we start this journey into let's give everything to God and let's be a people that give everything to Jesus. My hope is that we would make this choice that I'm gonna follow Jesus and I don't know exactly what earthly circumstance will look like, but I'm not following Jesus for the purpose of getting the good life. I follow him no matter where it takes me. And man, some people follow Jesus and it's like, woohoo! you, you kind of get the good life. I mean, all of us were like, man, I'll take the calling where I get to be not only a Christ follower, but man, I'm rich and famous and I play in the NBA for God and I got a Jesus tattoo and woohoo! I got everybody on earth liking me and I got the future and heaven and woohoo! to boot, that's sweet. And man, I think some people get that. I mean, some people, that's their journey. Like, they're giving everything to God, and they just ended up in that life. You're like, man, if I had that calling, then I could be faithful. But there's others that you go, I chose to follow Jesus, and as I've chosen to follow Jesus, I, 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 my current circumstance, my state of affairs, where I'm currently at is not like I originally planned. Like, like if you would have told me back 20 years ago, that when I gave my life to God, that it ended up like this. This is not quite what I, what I thought it would look like. And the motivation as to why we follow has to be deeply embedded, deeply rooted, a fascination with Jesus is worth it. No matter if I get the good, happy American dream or if I end up in a different circumstance. I've visited some of my friends and some of my friends that are deeply in love with God. Man, it looks like everything's going well and their house is right and their cars are right and the money's right and there's no disease and everything seems great and there's real love for God. And I visited others that ended up following Jesus to live in a mud hut in Mexico where there's open sewage and they've had deaths in the family and all of them are saying, I'm trying to follow Jesus with all that I have and yet they have very different circumstances. And my hope is that we would just get right to the core that go, you know what? No matter where this takes me, I'm in it for him. Because our culture believes oftentimes we have this idea that if I give everything to God, I'll get, I'll get the good life. And listen, 
Man, I love when God blesses us, and I believe that he blesses us. I believe in God's blessing, and when we sing, you're a good, good father. Man, I believe he is a good father. I believe he does love to give good gifts. But our motive as to why we follow is not to get the gifts. It's to get the person. It's to get him. And no matter what, I'm in it for you. Our culture... Basically, there's research has developed this term in terms of how our culture sees God, and it's kind of what often it has said exists a lot in the Gen X and millennial generation, where it's big words, but it's, it's moralistic therapeutic deism. It's this idea that God wants me to be moral, which means he wants me to be good. Therapeutic, God wants me to be happy. Deism, God's not very involved in my life. And so that that is prevalent in the church today in America. And so it's this idea that God's not very involved in my life. He wants me to be good and he wants me to be happy. When you and I know that following Jesus means this, I walk in relationship with a person and that my motive for goodness is not to prove to God that I'm good, but I'm, it's not that I'm going from bad to good, but I'm going from dead to alive. And I've got this real relationship with Jesus and I got good days and bad days, but I've, I've got life in Christ. And therapeutic, well... I mean, there's a happiness that comes from following him, but it's not that all of my circumstances get better and, and, and deism, oh man, not at all. I mean, reality is I'm walking with a real person and I have a real relationship with him. And so he's, he, he very much is involved in every part of my life and, and he'll lead me into all truth. And it's better that cheese would go away so the Holy Spirit could come. And whoo, I mean, the truth is, is that it's very relational. And so, and so I interact with him every day. And that whole idea is so, so different than us saying, all right, Jesus, I'm in this for you. And my dream for you and for me is that no matter the circumstance, circumstance doesn't dictate I'm in it for you, God. I think about like Mary Bethany who, we know that story where Mary Bethany pours everything, you know, the, all that she has on Jesus' feet. And it's the famous sermon that I've probably given 20 times. It's the sermon about how she says, I'll give everything, I'll, I'll give all that I have. And you know, many historians think that it was probably her inheritance or at least a significant part of her worth. And so you can imagine, imagine her 20 years later. You know, let's say that she was 25 when she poured it all on his feet. Let's say that she's 45 and Jesus has already died risen from the dead, ascended into heaven, and she had that one chance to pour everything out on his feet, and the probabilities are high that she actually has uh, uh, less of a net worth when she's 45 because she poured it all out at his feet. And do you imagine that 20 years later she's going, oh, I wish I hadn't, or do you imagine that she's saying, he's worth it? My guess is that there's a, a high possibility. I can't prove this. I don't know this. My guess is that she actually has less financially, but the worth of giving all she never regrets. And I think for us, our temptation, we're in a culture that always says measure everything by circumstance, not by a person. And our temptation is to say, I'm going to believe that if God really likes me, everything's going to get better. And I'm just saying it. And when I read the scriptures, when I look at the way that Jesus talked, when I look at the way that Paul talks, man, we're entering into this Christ-like journey where we're becoming like him and we're following him. And we don't know. We don't know exactly if we'll get the mud hut in Mexico or if we'll end up on the front page of Sports Illustrated with a Christian tattoo that says, glory to God. But no matter what, wherever you take me, God, I'm in this for you. You are worth it. And I follow you. Imagine even like a John the Baptist. 
Can you imagine you start off your journey and it's miraculous and there's all this story. Even in Luke, in Luke, it says, who will he turn out to be? The people are all talking and coming out to see him. And imagine for a guy like John the Baptist, who his journey ends in a prison cell. <laughs> like it just ends, like that's where it all ends. And I think we've got this, it's very easy for me. And as I sit, have coffee with people, there's always this over, there's often, there's over, this overarching story that I've got this expectation that all of the circumstances are going to end up good and I'm going to end up rich, famous, happy, healthy, and it's all And I don't know exactly how it all plays out, but when I, when I read Jesus, when I read Paul, I see a story that says, come after me, I'm worth following, and you know what? The good days, the hard days, the good circumstance, the hard circumstance... You're not in this for the change in circumstance, you're in this for me. Look at the way Paul says this to Timothy. Paul, 35 years a witness of the gospel, he's sitting in a Roman prison cell, he's speaking to young Timothy who's pastoring the church in Ephesus. Nero is currently persecuting the church, and so here's young Timothy trying to lead the church, and all of these people are being persecuted, and Paul says, join with me in suffering. Whew like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No one serving as a soldier gets entangled in civilian affairs, but rather tries to please his commanding officer. That's, that's an interesting invitation. Like, hey, young Timothy, come to Jesus and every single thing gets better. Circumstance gets better. Popcorn, peanuts, the good life. Come on, buddy. Now the invitation is join with me in suffering like a good soldier. In other words, Paul's saying in this journey, man, and you could quote Paul going through his journey about the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus and all how much he finds joy in Christ and yet wedged in there is this real reality like it's hard. You go through some great days. You go through some days that it's, I mean, it's, it's ice cream and pour overs and everybody loves you and, and everything's good. And you go through some hard days where it seems like there's challenges and persecution. Jesus seems to talk this way too. Jesus says to his disciples, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. And that is why the world hates you. Strong language. And so here's you and me. Jesus, you're worth it. Jesus, you're awesome. Jesus, you're my life. And as I enter into following you as a teenager, when I experience social rejection, when I choose as a teenager to live in total purity, even though my culture says, ah, calm down. Every time that I choose righteousness, you have a God that goes, you're joining with me. You're participating with me in your 20s when man in your 20s you could go be living the frat life sorority life doing what you want live for me instead you say i'm gonna i'm gonna serve the local church i'm gonna i'm gonna live with purity and i'm gonna fast and pray you're in your 40s and you're staying faithful and loyal and you're serving in monotony when nobody else sees you and the whole culture is saying punt on that and go live for you and you're choosing righteousness and you're choosing the Godward life, 
And it might not even seem glorious. It doesn't seem like anybody's applauding because it doesn't seem like it's the great missionary story or something like that, but you are faithful and there's rejection and there's heartache and you could go pursue what the world has, but you're saying, I'm gonna do this not my way, not the American way, but the Jesus way. And he's going, your, your, your love for me, your devotion, that commitment to me, you're participating in the sufferings of Christ. Paul, look at the way Paul says this in Philippians 3. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Week one of Radiant Church, we just did, I want to know Christ, and then I just stopped right there and just screamed a lot about that idea. Right? Now it's week seven, so we're going a little deeper. Where we say yes to, to know and the power of his resurrection and participation in his suffering. And Paul's going, I love Jesus and Jesus appeared to me on the road and he's turned my life around and I know who he is and he's God and, and I actually want to try to participate. I want to, it's not like I want what Jesus did for me to just give me the good life. No, actually, I actually want to engage. I want to jump in with some of what he's about. And he's about serving people. And he's about love. And he's about returning good for evil. And he's about the proclamation of the good news to the world. And so I want to be about those things. And I've got just this short time on earth. And I actually want to, I want to engage and participate in, in actually foregoing some of the things I could have to engage and, and even find this kind of joy in, in suffering with Christ. I have this close friend, Scott Palmer, and uh, in our church in Colorado, he was one of the elders of the church, incredible man of God, and a few years ago, his wife had cancer, and so Scott and Bethany, you can put the picture up of Scott and Bethany, good friends of Renata and I, and, and I love Scott. We like did life together. He's a, he's a, he's a riot, incredible man of God, really funny, and uh, when Bethany, his wife, got cancer, she had to shave her head. She went through the whole chemo process. And Scott, who, who's watching his wife go through this suffering, go through this pain, he actually decided he's going to shave his head. You can show that picture. Because, because what he's trying to do is he so loves her and he's so in covenant with her and he so cares about her and she's going through this suffering. It's just this Whatever he can do to demonstrate, I want to participate with you. This, your, what you're going through, I'm going through. I'm, I'm with you. We're, we're one. We're together in this. In like fashion, you and I, along with Paul, we're saying, okay, you're supreme. You're, you're everything, Jesus. And so, man, if you serve, I want to serve. And if the way that you pray, I want to pray. And the way that you love, I want to love. And, and I'm not looking for you as a means to get the American dream. No, Jesus, you're the means, you're the end, you're all in all. I want the Jesus dream. I'm in relationship with you and I want to even engage in whatever you're engaged in and you're engaged in reaching the world. I want to reach the world. You're engaged in serving the poor. I want to engage serve the poor. You're, you're engaged, Jesus, with helping the hurting, the poor, the broken. Man, that's what I'm about. And you return kindness to those who reject you. I want to return kindness. And I, I, your agenda, my agenda, I want to participate with you. I'm, I'm, I'm in this for you. I'm not in this for me. And friends, you and I, man, even to talk about this today, it's like, wow, it's so heavy. 
But listen, if we get this, if this goes deep into our hearts, then you become invincible because circumstance does not dictate if you follow Jesus. And because, man, if this goes deep inside of who you are, then, man, you can face hardship, trial, and you're not in this for the good life, you're in this for Jesus. doesn't matter what circumstance happens. And so we participate voluntarily, we jump in. And then the way that Peter says, he says, don't be surprised when you suffer. And so I just want to jump in and say that, like, I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody that just said, hey, I'm going to follow God, and like everything went well, like, like it was suddenly heaven, right? Like somehow we've got this idea, like everything's going to be, but okay, but most of the people that I know that are my friends in their 70s, 60s, 80s, when they talk about following Jesus, they don't talk about, woohoo, yeah, man, this was a breeze, this thing, everything worked out for me. Man, most of the time, there's, there's hardship, there's challenges. And Peter says that. He goes, dear friends, do not be surprised at the fire ordeal that has come on you to test you as though something strange were happening. That's what we often do. This is God. How could you allow this to happen? Well, I thought it was your favorite. I thought you loved me. What's the story here? Right? I can't believe. Fill in the blank. But rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ. But rejoice, choose, rejoice in as much as you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when, he, when his glory is revealed. This is like so central. Look at the way that even the apostles responded. Acts 5.41, the apostles left the Sanhedrin rejoicing because they had been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. That's a whole nother level right there. Like rejoicing because I've got one life to live on planet earth, and only this age do I get the opportunity to voluntarily actually endure some kind of hardship, suffer, sacrifice, go through something for the sake of the gospel. One day when I stand before him and I worship forever, when I, when I live with him forever and ever in eternity, that moment of voluntary sacrifice is over, and it's only in this life that I've got, the, in this age, I've got the opportunity. And so they say, man, they counted it a joy. They got to, they rejoice in the opportunity. Counted a privilege to suffer. Hebrews 13. And so Jesus also suffered outside the gate to make the people holy through his blood. Let us then go with him. Go to, sorry, let us then go to him outside the camp, bearing the disgrace he bore. Philippians 1. For it has been granted to you on behalf of Christ, not only to believe in him. There it is. That's where we want to stop. Yes, I believe. I believe in God the Father. I believe in God the Son. I believe in suffering. What? Like, it's not in there. But it says, but also to suffer for him. Oh, God. Oh, you got to be kidding me. Look at the way Paul says it here. 1 Corinthians 15, 19, if only for this life we have hope in Christ, we are of all people most to be pitied. Why? Because, because if, if this is it, then, then the way that I've lived my life for Jesus, there's actually a quality of life. There's a, I've made choices based upon eternity, on, on him being Lord of all. And if this is it, well then, man, I've actually foregone some earthly pleasures for the sake of the one that I'm following. So it's this idea, you and I, he's worth our lives, he's worth following, and circumstance doesn't stop me, 
circumstance actually, actually when I go through trials, actually when we go through difficulty, it's like the pop quiz. God, give me the strength to rejoice in this trial. This is a moment where I choose to trust you. My temptation is to believe the cultural ideal that I, that I should have accusation and anger in my heart towards you because I didn't get moralistic therapeutic deism. I didn't get the happy life. I didn't get the easy circumstance instead of going through this difficulty. And so in that moment, we go, all right, Paul, suffering. Jesus, outside the gate, suffering. Pick your story. Pick the narrative you want. None of the disciples ended up living the wealthy dream life on an island. Except for John, suffering. But you know what I mean? Like it, it actually cost. And that's our process where we go, all right, God. And here's his promise as you go through challenges. And I say this because... It's hard to talk about suffering because everybody kind of holds precious their own and it's a little bugged if anybody else talks about their sacrifice or their suffering because everybody's kind of going through their own journey, their financial challenges or their physical challenges or their relational challenges. But imagine your Jesus looking at you the way that he looks at the disciples and he says, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, therefore... You go to all the world and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, and here it is. And surely I am with you. And I want to just push this this morning. Instead of anger at God because you went through suffering, and so now you want to check out because you thought it'd be therapeutic. You thought that he just wanted you to live like every, every, happy and everything was okay now. What if in the midst of your suffering, like just owning it, I'm going through something hard, I'm going through challenges, and you choose, I rejoice, and you know, you imagine Jesus, and you're saying, I'm going through this challenge for the sake of Jesus, I chose righteousness, I could have left this kid, I could have left this marriage, but I made a covenant. I, 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 I could have lived, spent all my money on me. I, 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 I could have lived like the world tells me to live. But I'm in this for you. And he says, I am with you. And right in the midst of your suffering, right in the midst of your hardship, all that you're doing for the gospel, all that you're doing for Jesus, he goes, I'm with you. And that And I'm not talking about like his, I know his omnipresence, there's this idea that he's everywhere. I'm talking about, I believe there's this, his manifest presence like in a unique way. Jesus says, when you're out taking the gospel to all nations, like you're obeying the great commission, you're following me out there. Like I'm actually with you in a tangible way. And when we just read, even when you go into Acts, next there's Stephen and Stephen being stoned to death, first Christian martyr, and there he is, and all of a sudden, boom, Jesus, right? He's got this vision of Jesus, I'm with you. It's all through the scriptures, this idea, I'm right with you. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, 
thrown in the furnace. They refuse to bow down. And boom, is there a fourth person there in the fire? I'm right there with you. As you go through that hardship, as you go through that challenge, he is with you. And I just want to close with this. It's kind of fun, but I was talking to Dawson. I told him I was going to tell the story. Dawson, do you remember what that toy was when you were seven? It's only been five years. Five. You know how short five years is? He doesn't even remember the toy. Uh, I don't know. I can't remember the toy. We're going to have eternity. The toys of the planet grow strangely dim. They don't hold anything. You will forget. To give our lives, to get the good life now is the waste. To give our lives to the one that we love, no matter the circumstance. If it takes you to a mansion, if it takes you to a mud hut, wherever it takes you, I am not in this for the good life. I'm in this for the Jesus life. And God, I trust you in the midst of my suffering. Amen? I invite you just to bow your head and I want to pray for you. I believe there's some of you that right now you're, you're like going through, even just in your own journey right now, you're going through a, an obstacle. And you just need the confidence that he is with you in the midst of what seems so hard. Father, I thank you for this new family that you're forming called Radiant Church. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for these men and women, Lord, that have chosen to give you everything. And I ask in Jesus' name, I ask, Lord, that you would come and draw near to them, whatever they're walking through, whatever challenge, whatever hardship, whatever sickness, whatever relationship, whichever ways that there's actually pushback because they've chosen to be loyal and follow you no matter what. I pray, Lord God, that you would be close to them, that they would sense the manifest presence of God in their lives. Lord, I pray that you would bless them with your presence. I pray, Lord God, that would help us, God, as we go through years and decades together, to be in this no matter what, because you're worthy, and you're worthy even in the midst of suffering, you're worthy of our suffering. We thank you for suffering for us, and we look toward our future, and we say we're not this to be Americans first. We're in this to be Christians first. We're not in this for comfort first. We're in this for Christ first. You're number one in our lives. We realign our hearts with that conviction again today. In Jesus' name. Would you just keep your heads bowed and today if maybe it's not your story and you've been living for you and you haven't been following Jesus, today you just want to make a decision that you want to give your life to Jesus. You want to begin that journey you don't want to live for you. You want to follow the Lamb. You want to follow Jesus. You want to give your life to Him. 
I'm going to give you that opportunity right now, and I just want you to pray this prayer after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I give you my life. I don't want to live for me. I want to live for you. Please save me from my sin. Come be in me. Change me. I have decided to follow you. I give you my life. I want to live with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that with me today, you've made this decision to follow Jesus. It's the best decision you'll ever make. I want to invite you just on that connection card. If you would just mark that, slip it in the offering, I'd love to connect with you. I'm so grateful for this church. And listen, I know for me to talk about suffering in week seven is a little strong. I had one person in the first service said, well, I'll be back next week, but nobody else will. And uh, like, I can't believe you preached on suffering in week seven. I just felt like, man, I just feel like, man, this is just like so crucial that we, I, I've been saying like a broken record, this phrase in this worthy series that we don't, we don't live based on emotion. We live based on conviction. And so we worship because he's worthy and we obey because he's worthy and go through suffering because he's worthy my conviction is this you're worth it our conviction is God you're worth it so I just want us just if we can will you just stand with me and let's just worship one last song as we prepare to go into our week go be the people of God this week it's the delight for us to gather together fix our eyes on Jesus kind of remind be reminded by God who we are. We gather and then we scatter. We go out. Be the light of Jesus all week long. We want to take just this last moment. I just want to invite you just to worship. Like, don't let this be a filler song. Let's just declare to God how great he is as we, as we sing together, as we give together. Let's actually proclaim, man, God. Thanks again for listening. To learn more and to join our Radiant family, check us out on social media and online at radiantchurchkc.com.